Welcome to a special back-to-school edition of the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast, in which you can hear my conversation with Director of Education Nick Hines, who I met at Frossard House on Thursday morning. We talked about his concerns about ongoing politically-induced uncertainty over the future model for secondary and post-16 education, Herm School... IT issues and the wind-down of Lamar de Cartre at high school. But with the results envelopes probably still littering the floors of teenagers' bedrooms all over the island, I began by asking him about the island's A-level and GCSE results. I think overall the exam results that we saw for um, level two, so GCSE results at the end of the summer, were what we were broadly expecting. Um, in most of the indicators that we saw on how we're recording and assessing the success of what we're, we're seeing for young people here are, are good indicators. We knew that against the previous years that England had already said quite rightly within the media that there was going to be a, a deflation of exam results because of the way they were returning to 2019 marking and the bands of marking they were using. So against that backdrop, uh, we have been in line with England around how our results have fallen back towards 2019. But recognising that with regards to the way we record, our attainment eight figure, although not yet released in England, is in line with last year's or 2019 in England. So we anticipate that to maintain how we were before. Our pass rate of level four um, or grade four and above is above England this year. Our level four English is really, really pleasing and it's quite significantly above England, not just as part of the bailiwick, but just within states maintained schools. And that's really pleasing because we've had a massive focus on developing literacy, developing reading in particular in our primary and secondary schools. And we're starting to see the fruition of that now, which is great. Um, we recognise actually that maths is lower than England at um, a pass rate of level four and above. And that's something we did anticipate, but we don't necessarily want to see. And we have got a, um, a significant maths plan in place for all of our schools. We had a maths review last year. So there is a plan in place for all secondary schools and how they can raise that attainment in maths in, in next year. And we anticipate that to, to improve. What was the uh, pass rate or the percentage of uh, pupils at the states maintained high schools who achieved a grade four or above in maths? Okay, so the the percentage of those who attained, attained a grade four and above in maths in state schools only was fifty seven point eight, against the national average in England of sixty one. So we're only just shy, but we would expect and should expect to be performing in line or better than England with our jurisdiction, and I'm. I absolutely think that as a jurisdiction of where we are, we should a year on year be outperforming England. And uh, you, you mentioned a, a drop towards 29, uh, 2019 levels, but it did drop beyond that, didn't it? I mean, uh, Bowcamp uh, 15 percentage points down on, on 2019, Lamar um, uh, 5 percentage points down, um, St. Peterport, uh, sorry, St. Sampson's High School um, 8%. Um, these are quite significant drops and if English is doing fine then maths must be presumably responsible for those drops. Yeah we think that um, maths has been responsible for some of those drops when you put English and maths together as that indicator. So maths has been responsible for um, that joint picture of English and maths being reported together. I think it's important to look although you're right that there's been some of those drops in individual schools the overall bailiwick number is above the um, English figure which we anticipate being released in the next month or so. That said, we constantly work with and challenge all of our secondary schools to look at how they can improve that attainment of those young people, particularly in those core subjects of English and maths. 
although looking to how we use attainment eight, which is about making sure we have that really broad balance of subjects, has been really important. And so we are more confident now than we have been in the past when reporting five A to Cs, that there is now a a better and more equal focus on achieving well in all subjects and not just English and maths, but we need to make sure we don't lose that focus at the same time because they're really core subjects that can determine the success of children, young people and young adults as they move forward in their pathway. Is that what what has happened here then, that that there's been a a loss of focus on maths? Because um, you've had your review about maths and you've you've said that you're putting new plans in place. What did the review identify as, as, as where you'd gone wrong? Um, the review identified different things in different schools about how we could do things better, about how we need to look at the curriculum and how the curriculum is delivered and how the curriculum is delivered at different times and different stages. Uh, I don't think that there's been a lack of focus in maths. It's just part of our development of making sure that we're doing things as well as we can do in all schools. I think that the it's, it's always challenging comparing one cohort against another cohort when we live in an island where each cohort is only 550, 600 young people. So a differential of only six pupils counts for 1%. So you can have higher and lower performing cohorts overall. And that does some have, sometimes have an impact. We also need to bear in mind that this cohort, although we're comparing directly with 2019, the 2019 cohort didn't have the same challenges that the 2023 cohort had with regards to COVID. Um, we align our examination certificates and qualifications with England. England took the decision this year to revert quite strongly back to their marking procedures for 2019. Interestingly, Wales and Northern Ireland have taken a more transitional approach. So the marking in Wales and Northern Ireland continue to be more generous this year than in England. So I think we'll really see the wash up of what what is actually happening with all of our young people post-COVID next year. And of course, recognise that that will be a significant milestone in being the first non-selective cohort to travel through our secondary education system as well. I'm conscious that um, some parents uh, reading this or listening to this were, m- might um, feel that, you know, there were different problems with maths in different high schools is, is not as much of an explanation as they'd want to have. I mean, could, without pointing the finger at specific sort of year groups. Can you give an example of the sort of thing that we might see change as a result of your review in, in at least one of the schools? I think what, what we've looked at across all schools as part of the secondary school partnership, and this is a really strong feature of how the benefits of those schools working together is, 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 is having coming to fruition, is they are now looking at using the same maths curriculum across all of those schools. We have got a new maths curriculum that they're bringing in, which is tying in the learning in the classroom and then how that learning is followed up as part of learning um, at home and elsewhere. So that it's, it's certainly a more consistent approach to the delivery of maths by using that single curriculum across all of our secondary schools. I don't think that that means necessarily the teachers of maths in our secondary schools have been failing our children. I think they've been working very hard, but we also need to recognise that maths is one of those subject areas where the recruitment and retention of teachers nationally as well as in Guernsey has been challenging. So in some cases, we haven't always had um, the maths teachers we might have wanted to in place on a permanent basis, which means that those maths teachers who are in place have been working extremely hard and very thankful to those permanent maths teachers. The situation in September is looking is looking positive in the fact that we don't have any spaces for teachers. We do have um, ongoing 
vacancies we're looking to recruit to, but we have a person in place for every single post come September. So, um, okay, so you have your, how does that work then? You, you've got vacancies that you're advertising. Are the, are the, are the posts not empty because um, teachers have put their hands up to say that they'll cover for each other? Is that what you mean? No, we've got, um, so we've, we've got um, agency teachers in some posts at the moment whilst we're trying to recruit. And we've only got about nine permanent vacancies that we're recruiting to at the moment. That's, and out, that's across the three. And out of, that's out of 263 teaching posts. So it's a very low percentage with regards to what we're looking to recruit and certainly much stronger than in neighbouring jurisdictions or England at the moment. So even though recruitment and retention is challenging, particularly within our political environment of looking to provide certainty and stability to our secondary school staff, we have worked very hard and our school leaders have worked very hard in getting teachers in post ready for September. But it's challenging and the instability and uncertainty that we're facing as part of the delivery of the secondary school model and the post-16 model is making that more challenging. Um, yeah, let, let's look at that. Um, those problems that you face as a as a, uh, as a department, because um, obviously the, um, the the preferred solution for post-16 and secondary education at um, uh, Lazo's way has has fallen foul for the, um, the, the the loss of the contractor, um, and obviously we're about to go into a capital prioritisation debate in October that, that could see well we'll see challenge to the, uh, the, the, the that particular project going ahead, um, and then you've also got I mean you, you must have worked very hard to to fill those vacancies with the number of uh, teachers that I've heard about leaving uh, the, the various secondary schools. So uh, how confident are you that you you're going to be able to um, maintain results at the at the, at the high schools over this next next couple of academic years. I'm I'm, com I'm I think considering the backdrop that our teachers and leaders have been working in, the results both at GCSE and A level to be able to maintain and improve results in some of those areas have been um, really good. However, it'd be naive of me not to recognise that the uncertainty and instability that the ongoing challenges of not delivering a model of secondary education which the states has agreed to deliver causes more uncertainty and instability to our teachers and has affected our ability to retain some good quality teachers and also in some cases to recruit good quality teachers because of course anybody coming to the island wants to have stability wants to understand what the model of education is going to be, wants to understand where they're going to be now and in six months and 12 months, as do our existing staff. So whilst we are maintaining and looking always to improve those results, we are really at a crossroads now where maintaining that morale amongst our secondary and post-16 staff is really difficult. And what, what we really need to happen next is to have some certainty following the capital debate about what's going to happen for secondary and post-16 education. And that means, from the current programme we're working on, delivering the programme, as the States has agreed, on Les Osway, and delivering the other elements of the programme with regards to the digital infrastructure, the communication interaction autism base, and other elements which are more than, you know, the, the the Transforming Education programme is more than the sum of its parts. It's a, lots of different pieces which are actually about improving the whole systemic approach to education. But it is challenging and our union colleagues, especially um, the NSUWT came out very recently and urged states members and urged the community to basically 
get on and do what we need to do in order to provide that stability and certainty that they're seeing with their members now. I think the debate around the model, as far as the majority of our secondary school colleagues are concerned, is, is gone. What they're looking for now is getting the current model that we're doing over the line to have some stability and move forward so we can concentrate on school improvement and concentrate on school and systemic education development. And I'm really confident that if we have that, there's no reason why Guernsey shouldn't year on year be outperforming England and also challenging and outperforming our neighbouring jurisdictions. We have everything in place to do that and we have some excellent staff who have the ability to do that, but they need certainty. Um, certainty can be achieved then by the states approving, uh, or you know, they have approved, but giving uh, approving the funds for what they've approved to, to actually build. Another way to achieve certainty would be for, the, for that entire plan, which appears to be um, unpopular with teachers from, from what I understand, uh, uh, being ditched and uh, going back to uh, a, a, another uh, solution for education, 11 to 18 schools, for example. And we, we had a plan in place prior to the last election uh, and there were rallies and it was ditched, there was a pause, there was no review, etc. I mean, if if uh, we haven't got a contractor anyway to build this campus, it's not the only route through to some form of certainty, is it? Um, I would contest that um, majority of teachers want to look at another model now. I think there are always going to be some teachers and some members of staff who are going to prefer one model over another. I think the majority of teachers that I speak to in the secondary schools now and post-16 are looking forward to to having the current model in place. And some of that is down to fatigue and just about the fact that we've discussed, debated every single model under the sun in the last 10 years. I don't think there's a model that hasn't been debated. The states have now settled on the model, which they've resolved and directed the committee to implement. So we're working on that model and the majority of teachers want to be able to put that in place. We have 263 teachers at secondary stage who have gone through a ring fencing process to understand and know what post they're going to be taking up in that new model. We've appointed to the principals, the vice principals in that new model. So to reverse out of the model now would be really detrimental to understanding for them to understanding what position they're going to be taking up in the future. Um, Guernsey can't constantly keep flip-flopping between models and can't constantly keep looking to something else in the hope that it will deliver what the majority or minority might want. And I think we're at the position now where if we are going to move forward and continually improve our education system, which is what my focus is on, making sure those outcomes for young people and young adults are good, that we need to have that in place so that we can focus on that and make sure that all of those outcomes are good and so the pathways not just for those young people but for the community are positive as well and I, I would just really seek to that we get that stability moving forward. I I'm sure many will sympathise with your uh, predicament insofar as um, uh, you know that you're waiting on the states to make a decision. In the meantime, this in, this instability is also as well as affecting students, which is the primary concern, I'm sure, um, appears to be um, affecting the, the confidence levels of um, parents 
uh, given that numbers are going up in the colleges. I don't know if you have figures for what percentage of students now uh, are, are educated in the th grant-maintained schools as of the, the coming term, but uh, from what I understand, it's gone up sharply. Um, and and also for, for um, amongst politicians, um, the bailiff recently asked during the education law debate, which was savaged, um, uh, deputies to uh, declare if they had children at the grant-aided colleges, and ten of them, including the president of education, uh, um, declared their interest in that regard. Um, it, it's not. Uh, it's it's not a picture that exudes confidence in in education, is it? I mean, it's not up to me to to comment on what individual families or deputies choose to do with regards to the education of their children. I don't think that that number of deputies who have educated their children within the grant maintained colleges has actually ever changed very much. I think there's always been quite a high percentage within the state's assembly where deputies choose to educate their children within the grant maintained section sector. I, I don't think that's changed. Without having data in front of me, I couldn't say that's true or not, but certainly from being here for 10 to 13 years, I think that's right. Um, the numbers going to the grant-maintained colleges have remained pretty stable between 27 to 30% at a secondary phase over the last few years. I haven't got this year's data in front of me, but that has sort of maintained and steadied out. Uh, I'm not sure whether... I, th I think there is obviously a... Some parents are choosing to send their children to grant-maintained colleges because they're looking for that stability. They're looking for that certainty about what that means going forward. And I accept that that's one of the reasons they might choose to do that. What I'm seeking to do is to give the parents and children and the community who send their children to states maintain schools that same certainty. And I think that's something that they should be given the opportunity to have. I don't think it's acceptable that parents within the bailiwick, parents within Guernsey, have been waiting for a long period of time to understand what the model for secondary education is going to be. We now have fixed on a model, which has been agreed by state's resolution, and I think the community now have a right to see that model come to fruition. Can I ask uh, briefly, uh, if we have time, to uh, for, for a comment on another issue that we're expecting to come before the states very uh, shortly, which is the, uh, the raquette regarding the closure of the Herm School. Um, if it ends up being the will of the states that uh, after, after your trial period, uh, the Herm School should continue. Um, is that workable from the education's point of view? Um, we will make work whatever the states direct us to do. And our focus and my focus and that of colleagues and any teachers we have is always about making sure that all of our learners, no matter where they are, Oldney, Herm or Guernsey, always achieve the best outcomes that we're able to offer them. So if the states decides that we maintain um, a provision in Herm post the riquette, then that's what we'll do and we'll ensure that those opportunities are made affordable to, made, made available to those children and young people who live in Herm and that there's an equitable curriculum offer so that they are not, um, they're not in a position where they're not being able to have the same opportunities to their counterparts in Guernsey. My role and, and that of, of my colleagues is, a, is, is to deliver whatever the committee and whatever the states deems to, to deliver in, in order to make the system work. So wherever children are, we will always work hard to make sure they achieve the best outcomes they can. 
Um, but, but by the tone of the uh, the amendment that's been placed by Education, Sport and Culture, I, I take it that you are concerned about the implications of, of the home school continuing because of the, um, the, the costs and the educational uh, outcomes for the children in such a tiny environment. Uh, well, the, the committee have made the decision that um, they they believe that the needs and the education of those young children who live, of the children who live in home, are best served by attending Vovet School permanently. And some of the, the information that we've had and some of the conversation that the committee have had looking around the breadth of the curriculum that is able to be offered in Herm alongside the opportunities that their counterparts in Guernsey have seem to be um, the it, or the main driver behind delivering the quality of education. Now, obviously, he talks about finances. There is a financial impact. There's a financial impact towards delivering any education system. My role is to make sure that irrespective of whatever the cost might be, that they have the best opportunities they do have to achieve those outcomes, whether that is in Vervet School as per the original plan or should the Riquette be successful, whether that's at home. And that's always my key driver, making sure children can do the best they can in the environment where they are. And, and that needs to be central to everything that we do and it's central to the education strategy. Um, now we're about to start a new term. Uh, I'm sure a, a, a moment of optimism for a, a lot of uh, students, parents, uh, teachers, likewise. Um, one of the big issues that uh, cropped up last year uh, that I'm sure you'll be hoping will be resolved is IT. Um, this is obviously a, a statewide issue. Um, I, I know of a high school teacher who was telling me that there were several days uh, last year where the, I think you have a, a, a system called SIMS, which is for registration, uh, that was down. He was saying that there were times when the teachers just didn't know who was in school and who wasn't. Um, that, and that seems like a very basic <laughs> level of problem that a school might face. Um, uh, how, what assurances have you been given that, that the IT um, issues are over and that the schools can function as they ought to be functioning? Uh, I mean, you're quite right. You'll be aware that there's been quite systemic problems with IT across the whole states of Guernsey and education is not immune to that. I think one of the main cornerstones of the transforming education program is about our digital transformation and by the uh end of 2023 all of our infrastructure so all the wires and cables in and out of schools will have been replaced wi-fi will have been enhanced so we're confident and certainly things improved over the summer term with regards to that digital infrastructure that was in place um, at the end of last year we know that um, there's more work happened over the summer and that we anticipate that improvement to continue to happen and also roll out of new devices for teachers to enable them to develop teaching and learning and also to ensure that they can do the job more efficiently and effectively when they need to. I would say that with regards to individual apps like Sims, which we do use to record attendance, when those weren't happening, we were still aware of all children who were in school or out of school by doing different recording methods that we've done in the past. So. It's a real significant safeguarding um, fact that we need to make sure that we always know who is in and out of school, irrespective of whatever system we're doing. So to reassure you and anyone else, when things like that aren't happening, we do record in a different way. Um, finally, and I should declare an interest myself here because I have a child at the school, um, Lamar de Cartret is uh, due to be closed as a high school uh, by the end of uh, the next academic year. Um, 
it will reduce in in numbers as far as students are concerned. I, I, I've I've spoke recently to a former pupil at St Peterport School who uh, said that one teacher was doing four teaching four different subjects by the time that school closed down. Um, what assurances can you give parents at that school um, that you won't f uh, allow students to face the same predicament and that they will get the quality of teaching that uh, that they ought to be getting? I would also declare an interest in that uh, one of my children also attends Lamar and I think when we put the transforming education program in place there were there was a look back to lessons learnt of what happened before when previous transformations had happened particularly around St Peterport closure and how that happened in, in years gone by and certainly when we were looking at the the closure of Lamar in the future one of the the um, areas that we've we wanted to ensure we maintained was the quality of subject specific teachers up until the point of closure. So even though we're not welcoming year seven into Lamar this year, that doesn't mean to say that um, any excess teachers will necessarily be moving on. There will be some that we don't need because we'll have a lower cohort, but these subject specialists will be available for all of those subject areas as well as we can manage and and that was also a as a result of a poor inspection historically we'd had at the mar about eight or nine years ago when one of the um, criticisms was exactly what you said there were too many teachers teaching across four or five subjects that doesn't happen anymore and i completely agree that's something we need to guard against and ensure it doesn't happen because we have a duty to all of those children young people who remain at Lamar until they transition either out of the school at year 11 or they transition to Labour Rond. Director of Education Nick Hines there. Our discussion on exam results understandably focused on the main high schools in Guernsey, but there were two other states-maintained schools whose results were published recently, namely St Anne's in Alderney and Lavoie. So it's worth mentioning that in that basic measure of the percentage of students achieving grade 9 to 4 in English and maths, the former experienced an increase from 37.5% to exactly 50%, and the latter an increase from 11% to 30% between 2019 and 2023. On a less happy note, I should also mention that I got back to our offices from that interview at Frossard House to find a text from a state-maintained high school teacher friend of mine that read, quote, I went in yesterday to do some prep and all the IT was down. It's a joke, unquote. That's all for this edition. Keep an eye out on this feed for a look at the summer's political wranglings and a look ahead to the next few crucial states meetings from Guernsey Press editor James Fuller and senior reporter Matt Fallows. And coverage next week, of course, of the early September states meeting. Bye for now.